All right, so today, as you know, uh, we are in this series uh, for, the sto- uh, for the summertime. We, I've been doing like stories, like little stories that you have heard from your past, right? Um, things that you have uh, heard as a kid, like my son's growing up to hear these stories about David and Goliath, and, and he's hearing sto- you're, you're hearing stories about, uh, you know, about Samson, like pastors been preaching about all these different stories. Today, it's kind of the same thing. Today, we're going to be talking about Daniel and the lion's den. I mean, we all heard that story. How many of you guys actually heard stories of Daniel and the lion's den? Right? That's what we're going to be talking about today. So why don't we just start with prayer? Let's all bow our heads and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just come to you today. Thanking you, thank you for being here because we know that you're here. Lord God, we felt your presence during worship. Now we're just asking you to speak, God. We're asking you, God, to... Um, to give us a word of encouragement, a word of, um, to lift us up. God, a word that, um, that can define our walk with you. A word that can continue to build relationships with you. God, I just ask you today, God, as I speak, Lord God, that it be your words coming out. That, Lord God, that our hearts are be open, God. And as I speak, Lord God, please bring revelation to me. God, I just ask you, I have an open heart to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. A lot of us heard the story of Daniel and the lion's den. That's one of, one of the most popular ones. Um, and just kind of a little recap of what Daniel's and the lion's den is, is for those that don't know, because I've seen a couple of people that didn't raise their hands on, Dan, on this story. So this story is, it starts off with war. Babylon is in war with Jerusalem. What they do is they go and defeat Jerusalem and take everyone. They kill a lot of people, kill all their soldiers, right? Then what they do is, so the Bible, as you guys see, the Bible has a lot of graphics into it, right? So if you think, this, if you think the Bible is boring, you need to read it. It's, it's crazy, right? So they go into captivity. They kill everyone. They kill most people, and then they grab the women, the children, and some of the men, and they put them in captivity, captivity. Right? So most of them are all slaves, except four guys. Right? Daniel is actually one of the guys that actually goes to work for the king. Right? So he went from slavery that he was going to become a slave or being killed. They, thought they, they knew that he had a gift. So what they did was they brought him into the king's palace to work for the king. Okay? And in this story, what's happening is Daniel... Daniel is working with the king, and the king needed to keep control of all, like, his stuff. Like, making sure that the members or, like, the the slaves and the people that are under him does not cheat him out of, like, his money or cheat him out of, like, product or whatever it is. Like, that's what the king is doing. He is uh, making sure that no one steals from him. So he puts 12 people. And Daniel is one of the people that's actually in charge of keeping control of everything that's happening, okay? But the thing about it, you have to understand is Daniel is supposed to be a slave, okay? Daniel is supposed to be a slave. So he's actually one of, he's the only, only person that's part, that's in charge, right? right? That's in charge of keeping track of everybody when he's actually supposed to be a slave, 
Everybody else, all the other people are from Babylon. They, they worship um, different gods. They have the same belief system. But Daniel is different. Daniel is different. Okay? So as Daniel is, is doing what the king is telling him to do, guess what's happening? It's, people trust Daniel. Like, it's, it's, it's like he had, like, God's favor and grace. Like, he literally, like, like he had, they, the Bible says that he had an excellent spirit. Like, people liked Daniel. Like, like, people didn't mind having Daniel around. Right? So, guess what happens? The king decides, the king decides, okay, I like Daniel also. Daniel is a man of integrity. Daniel has great character. People actually like Daniel, right? So that what the king does is says, okay, I'm going to actually put Daniel in charge of everyone. Now he's not in the same level. Now he's not in the same level of the, 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 the 11. Now he's actually higher than the 11. So he's like literally right under the king. Like in, in the 11 people, what we call, we're going to call them the haters. Okay, we're going to call them the haters, right? The haters, right, the haters decide that they want to get jealous. I mean, we, we have some of those people, right? Some people that don't work at work, but they want a promotion. You know what, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, they don't do nothing. Like, literally, they're the last ones to get things done, and, but they want a promotion. And when you get a promotion or something like that, they're hating on you, right? You get that. You know what I'm saying? We all have that, right? So that's exactly what's happening. Daniel gets a promotion, and these people are hating. And as they're hating, they're trying to plot Daniel. They're trying to get Daniel killed by the king or get him demoted. Okay? So what they do is they go around trying to find different things. They're trying to find different things that, that, um, that he's doing wrong. Like, they're trying to find out his sin. Like, okay, you know, is he doing adultery? Is he, is he in, um, is he... It's, it's, it's he lying to people. Hey, they want to go back to the king and say, hey, king, guess what? Everybody doesn't like Daniel. He's always lying. I think Daniel's cheating. That's what they want. But the problem is in the story is that they can't find anything. They literally continue to look day in, day out. They're trying to find something to plot on Daniel, but they cannot find nothing. But they find one thing. One thing they find. That Daniel is faithful to God. That Daniel prays three times a day. Morning, in the afternoon, and at night. So they, they plot out. You know what they do? They go, they go to the king. They say, hey, king, listen. We have your best intention, right? I think you're a great guy, right? This is modernized, right? So angel's version, right? King, I think you're a great guy. I think you're a great king, right? I think that you should do a day that no one prays to any other God or worship any other God but you. And if they need something, they should only ask you. The king is like, okay, that's cool. I mean, think about it. I, I, I'm sitting in the king's heart. I'm thinking about the king as I'm studying. I'm like, okay, this guy must have been like, okay, that's cool. At least the king, that people would know that I'm a good guy. Right, that I'm a good king and I have, that I do want them to have stuff and that I want them, right? Maybe, maybe that's what he's thinking. So that's what they do. So they say, okay, let's write it down. 
Write it down, right? So with that, nothing can be changed. You can't, like, if someone does it, it's a law now. It's a law. And if you do it, guess what happens? You die. You go into the lion's den. Uh, you go into the lion's den, and the lions are going to eat you up, right? So that's what they do. And the, lion, and, the, and the king says, okay, that's cool. Let's do that. Let's do that, right? Daniel hears about that law. Goes, to, goes home. It's his time to pray. And he's praying. He's praying. He opens the window, faces Jerusalem, bows down, and starts to pray and worship God. And guess where the haters are? The haters are like, oh, we got them now. We got them now, right? They're always, they're always trying to, you know, trying to figure out what you're doing, right? So they go back to the king, and they go, king, guess what? <laughs> Daniel, the one you just put in charge of everyone, is worshiping a different god. He's worshiping a different God. He's not worshiping the God. That, he's not worshiping you as the king. He's worshiping a different God. And guess what happens? The king actually likes Daniel. Daniel's faithful. Daniel has good character, right? So he's trying, he, goes, he goes to the bed. Uh, he goes to his room. And he's trying to, like, postpone this. You ever done that, right? Like, you're like, but you know, like, I mean, I used to be a boss. And I used, I used to dislike how to fire somebody. I, oh, my God, that bothered me so much. When, they, when corporate used to call and say, hey, you, Miguel, you got to fire this person because his numbers are not right. And I, that's when I used to work for Clarks. Man, he's not selling any shoes, right? And I, I, I used to, oh, my God, I used to try to avoid it. And, and, and that's what the king does. He tries to avoid it, but guess what? It's a law. So he, tell, so he, tells, he tells his soldiers, hey, grab Daniel. He throws him into the lion's den. Right? Throws him to the lion's den, and then he, he puts a rock over it, stamps it. He stamps it with his signature, like his, his patent, that he put Daniel inside the lion's den. Okay? The king goes home, goes to his room. He doesn't eat, doesn't sleep, because he actually liked Daniel. Daniel's one of the people that actually had his great intentions for him. And he didn't sleep. So the next morning, he goes to the lion's den. Daniel, Daniel, son of, a, of the living God. Babylon. This guy is, doesn't worship the same God Daniel does. So how does he know that he is the living God? Right? So, Dan, so the king goes, Daniel, son of the living God, are you alive? Daniel says, yes, I am alive. The, the Lord sent angels to shut them, the lion's mouth. I mean, those lions must have been hungry. They're, you know, they're drooling. I mean, I, I give my dog a treat. And like, <laughs> like, like, it's crazy. He does everything I say with a treat. I mean, these lions must have been like, I'll sit, I'll do everything as long as I can bite Daniel. But it, listen, the, the, God sent angels to shut the lion's mouth. And he, Daniel says, hey, king, the Lord did that because I have been faithful to him. And I have been faithful to you. So the king takes him out. The king takes him out. And all the haters got thrown into the lion's den. The Bible actually says 
before they, when he threw them in, the lines didn't even wait. But listen, he threw them in. Jimmy, check this out. He threw them in, right? And not just them, not just the haters. He threw, away, he threw all their whole family in there. Their kids, everybody. The kings threw everyone in there. Everyone. Everyone got eaten up by lions. And then guess what the king does? He says, your God is the true living God. Everyone else should fear. Daniel's God. It's a great story. It's a great story of trusting God in your process. In the lion's den. See, there's a couple points that I want you guys to take before we leave tonight. Before we leave this afternoon. And if you're writing down, I'm going to give you some good points. I'm going to give you some things that you're going to probably want to think about later on. The, first of all, the Bible says that Daniel has an excellent spirit. That his life, that his life, you can tell by his life that he served God. That, that, that messed me up. That really wrecked me. That the Bible says that about him. You know why it wrecks me? Because I thought, Angel, can people say that about you? Can people say that you have an excellent spirit and your job and your church and your family? Your brothers, your sisters, your family, can they say that you have an excellent, an excellent spirit and that they can see God in you? You see, it reminds me of a time that my brother, my older brother, my older brother is a pastor in Oklahoma um, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a big church. And one day he came over here, uh, he came over here. And he was talking, we were all talking, right? And we were like making jokes. Like when me, Josh, you guys know my brother Josh, right? Josh, Jonathan, uh, he's here, he goes here too. Um, you know, and then my other brother had, you know, this, this, this actually five, six of, seven of us, seven when we get together, eight of us. Um, two, five of, my mom had five boys, only boys, right? So my mom had five boys and, she, and then she adopted one and then Jonathan just never leaves, right? So, <laughs> right, so. So when we get together, we start making jokes. You know, I mean, you, how many guys, when you guys get together with your family members, you guys are like, you remember when you did this? You remember when you did that? Right? That's what we do. We start making, we're like, you ugly. No, you ugly. You know, we just go around. We just do stuff, stuff we do as brothers, right? And we were doing that. And my older brother goes, and I'm like, hey, you know, Josh is this. He's, and he's like, Angel, that's not funny. I, come on, stop being a party pooper, man. That's funny. We all laughing. He's like, and we're like, that's funny. If you were laughing, we laughing. We all, literally, it was so much fun. So the next day, I had to drop him off. And he sits down, and he sits in the car, he says, Angel, that was not funny. He says, he tells me that what you said and how you play around with your brothers is that bringing them closer to Jesus. Wrecked me. He says, you're called a pastor? 
you got to learn how to pastor your own brothers first. It's okay to fool around, but what you're saying, even though it's a joke, is it bringing them closer to Jesus. The question I have is, in your life, in your daily walk, can people say, this person has an excellent spirit? Are the people in your life saying that? Is your life the way you live? The, the way you guys live, the way I live? Is it bringing people closer to Jesus? I mean, because I remember here at Hartford City Church, when I first got here, I remember it, it, the, the pastor always said, hey, we stand for loving all, serve all, welcome all, right? We all know that by heart. But are we living that out there? Does your social media, right, for some of our youth, some of us that have social media, is your social media bringing people closer to Jesus? At your job, is your actions and the way we talk, is it bringing people closer to Jesus? Does people say, like, do you have to remind people that you're a Christian? If you do, you may evaluate yourself. I do all the time. If it, it, I have to, my, God was telling me, Angel, you have to live a life that brings people closer to me. I'm not saying live all holy, you know, you can't do nothing, you don't go bowling, you don't go movies because, you know, you're a Christian. No. By the way we talk, the way, do we have integrity, do we have character? Do, like I was teaching the youth the other day, does your word mean anything? When you say you're going to be there somewhere, do you actually go at the time you're supposed to be there? Or do you say, I decided not to go today? When you have a commitment to be there. We were just, we were just talking about that with the youth the other day. Commitment. I remember you used to be able to shake someone's hand and be like, hey, your word is something. Your word means something. Your word was a contract. Now we can, like, does our lives bring people closer to Jesus. There was, a, there was a saying where I heard a pastor say this. I thought it was really interesting. And I was like, oh, I'm taking that. I'm still in that. Right? He said, he said, he said, if you were going to court to find yourself guilty of being a Christ follower, a Christ follower, would they have enough evidence to find you guilty? If I had to go to court for them to find me guilty of being a Christ follower, would they find enough evidence to say, hey, he is guilty? Question we must ask. The only way, the only way they can find Daniel guilty is that a flaw in him is by his worship. They try to find ways to make him slip. But they couldn't. They only could find his works that he worships God. Daniel knew his identity in God. Daniel knew his identity in God. And that is 
awesome. That is awesome. If you do not find your identity in God, you will never understand your purpose and your worship. You will never find your identity, if you don't find your identity in God, you will never find your purpose and your worship. Here are four points. Number one, that I got from the story. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is a lifestyle. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't introduce my pastor friend over there. He's actually here from Puerto Rico, and he's uh, preaching at another church. He's here on tour. Is worship a lifestyle? Worship is a lifestyle. John 4, 23 says, worship God in spirit and in truth. Worship is not just lifting your hands and screaming out, Jesus, 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 I love you. Worship is by the way you talk, by the way you act, by the way you walk. Like, that is worshiping. Like, when you do things the right way, when people can see God in you, you're worshiping God. You're honoring God. We have to, we have to worship God in the spirit, in the spiritual, and we got to worship God in the physical. Worship is a lifestyle. Number two, Daniel knew his identity. As believers, and who God, he knew who, who God was and what God created him to be. Daniel is from a place called Judah's. Judah. The word actual Judah means, Judah actually means praise. He comes from a line where he, the people are called praise. That's what he knew. It was in his DNA to worship God, to praise God, to pray to God. He understood that he was created for worship. Do you understand that you were created to worship God? You were created to worship God. Isaiah 43, 21 says, the people whom I, the people whom I formed for myself. God created you for himself. Why do you, you think that God, there's something about God like he's drawing you in? It's weird, right? Like, sometimes you just, you don't know, like you just want to go like to pray or you want to do something. Like, you just kind of like want to go hear a word. Uh, or you, like, every time like something bad happens, you're like, ah, you know something? Go, serving God is just like hard and, and this and that. And, and all, all, I still have problems and this and that. But there's just something about God that just keeps drawing you in. That's because you were created for him. It says, for the people who I formed for myself, that they may be, declare my praise. He formed you to create, to praise him, to worship him in the spirit and in truth. This one I found this morning, I thought it was great. I mean, it can, I was hearing a song and it gave it to me. I was like, oh, that's good, I'm putting that here. It says, Colossians 
1.16. Look what it says. For in him things were created. Things in heaven, on earth, in the visible, the invisible, whether the thrones, the powers, the rulers, the authorities. All things were created by him and for him. We were all created for God. We are all created to worship God. The Bible also says in, in Psalms, right, everything that has breath, praise God. We were created for God. Number three, Daniel prayed three times a day. He made it part of his lifestyle. He was, look at the word, intentional. He prayed three times a day, and he, it was intentional. Listen, I, I feel guilty about this. Like, this really, it, I, I mean, I'm telling you, when I preach this stuff, like, you think I, I'm just like, oh, angel's preaching it, yeah, you know, that he must know. Listen, this wrecks me. And pastor, we sit down in meetings, and we're, and we're literally, we're like, we're ready to cry because the things that we preach, we're living these things. God, God has to, God is dealing with us with this stuff, right? And, 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 and I'm sitting there, and Thank you, Jesus. God says, Angel, I understand you're busy, but you have time for everything else. At night, at get, you get up at eight, you brush Noah's teeth, you do this, you do that, you do that. At nine o'clock, you go to the gym at night, nine to 11. You have a time schedule for everything. What about me? What about me? Are we intentional with our praise and worship? Are we just giving God the leftovers of our time? Oh, God, I can't pray today because I'm busy. Oh, God, I, I, I just, like, literally, you, like, we forget about even opening up scripture. We forget, I mean, like, we forget, like, oh, I, I, God, I'm sorry, but I, I'll, I'll be there Sunday anyways because I didn't really pray all week, so I'm going to go Sunday and, and so I can check that off of that box. Are we intentional? Are we intentional if you want growth if you want God's if you want God to, to help you grow if you want miracles and you want glory and you want power and you want to see God do what he did in the Old Testament still do it to this day because he's the same God today tomorrow and forever if you want that you have to be intentional and get it gotta be intentional if you want God to heal one of your family members, if you want God's blessing for your finances, if your kids are going the wrong way after you taught them the right way, we have to be intentional. The key to prayer is to understand that you depend on God. You do not, if you don't understand that you depend on God, you will never Pray right. Prayer is understanding that you depend on God. Worship is knowing that, understanding that you depend on God and he is faithful to you. We cannot just worship and pray when we need God. Not only when you're just, like, you know how I know that prayer is 
Prayer is when you, it, prayer, the key point of prayer is de- knowing that you depend on God. You know how I know? Check this out. You pray better when, you, when, when you're in trouble. You don't forget to pray when you're in trouble. You don't forget to pray when someone's sick. Right? You get up at 5 in the morning. When you, like, literally, I, listen. I get up every morning at 5 in the morning when I have to preach. I was up 5 in the morning this morning. I went to sleep at 12 o'clock last night. You know why? Because this is serious to me. I have to be intentional. Like God, God judges me for every word that comes out of my mouth. Not just God, God the pastor too. Right? <laughs> right? So like, like, when you need something, you pray better. You worship better. God, I praise you. Jesus, I need you right now. Literally, like you start, literally you don't even stutter in your words. Am I right? So we got to understand that we are dependent on God. That's when your best prayers come, when your best worship comes. See, we got to understand that when we come here to church and we're worshiping God and you're in your house and you're worshiping God, all we're doing is practicing for what we're going to do up there. That's all it is. It's practice. It's practice. When we go out there, we're going to be like, Jesus, Jesus. Literally, that's how we're going to be like, we love you. Thank you. We're here. Not in hell. Thank you. Literally, that's how it is. We're practicing. But we have to understand that we, we need God to work things out. You see, Daniel knew what prayer was. Daniel understood that if God did it before, he can do it again. Listen, some of us here, we need to hear that this morning. You may be going through the lion's den right now. You may be going through a process right now, but you need to hear this. Listen to what, what God is telling you this morning. If i done it before, I will do it again because I am a faithful God to you. I am faithful to you. When you were in trouble before, did not come through? Daniel knew that. Because he was supposed to die and he was supposed to be in slavery. And he knew, God, I don't like this law. I don't like what's going on, but I'm going to open the window of pray to Jerusalem. To show you were faithful over there, that means you're going to be faithful over here. I've done it before. Why, why would he leave you now? Some of us need to hear that this morning. Number four. The battle is won in the, in the beginning. The battle is won in the before. It sounds like it doesn't make sense, but it makes sense in my mind. The battle is won before. We have to see that, and you got to see that Daniel went to the upper room before he went to the lion's den. He went to the upper room. He went to pray before he went to the lion's den. 
Daniel had a routine. He, had, he was consistent in his prayer and worship before he went to the trial. He already knew God over here before he got in the trial. Sometimes we want to pray God when we're in the trial, but, we, but we're not like, now we want God, oh God, we want to know you more because we're in the trial, but why don't we just start over here so when we get over here we can have confidence, boldness, trust God that he is faithful because if he did it over here, he'll do it over here. That's the difference. Daniel prayed three times a day. Listen to what Daniel 6, 10 says. Daniel always prayed to God three times every day. Three times every day he bowed down on his knees. Listen, I believe there's different ways to pray. You can pray walking. You can pray washing the dishes. You can pray doing so many things. But there's just something about when you pray on your knees, uh, when you surrender to God. I mean, listen, like, like when you bow down, he lifts you high. I really believe that. It says he kneels to pray and to praise God. Even though Daniel heard about the new law, he still went to his house to pray. Okay? The law says you shouldn't pray. Right? He still went to pray. And he went up to the upper room of his home. Opened the window that faced towards Jerusalem. Then he bowed down on his knees and prayed just as he's always, always done it. always done it. It's in the secret time. It's okay to come to church. I'm saying, listen, it's great when you're here. Because we, we fuel each other, right? This is where you learn. And, and this is where when I need you, you can, you know, when I need you, I can talk to you. When you need me, I can, you know, you can talk to me. We need each other. This is a, this is a relationship. Listen, God never designed us to do life alone. Jesus got here, he got 12 disciples. That's why we're here because we're not designed to do life alone because we need each other right but there's something different when you're in your secret room Jerry check this out when you're there's something different when you're at home alone intentional and you pray to God there's something different about that. There's something different. Like, like you leave there energized. God, God, God wants us to, 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 to preach into to the mountaintops. God wants us to, to tell the whole world, but he also wants your time. Listen, God needs and wants your time time because that's the only thing that you can't get back it's the most precious thing in life money you can get back you can do uber and make money now you can make money doing anything if you have a car god wants your time 
It's in the secret time where God, where the, it's in the secret time in the upper room where your battles are won. It's in the secret time where you find trust, where you find your trust in God. In the Bible, and I close with this, in the Bible, there are a couple things that the upper room mean. I need you guys to get this. I need you guys to get this. You know why? Because you guys are going to understand the power you have when you separate time and be intentional to pray to God. And in your own, and you have a space to pray. Like when you have a time to play in a place where God meets you, there's something special about that. There's some things about that. Check this out. One, the un understanding the upper room is a place of high network. It's where the divine meets hum uh, humility. Your human side, sorry. It's where the spiritual meets the human side. Acts 1.24. Number two, it's also a place of rest, a place of refreshing, a refreshment, and where you can be renewed. Luke 22, 19 and 20. Number three, it's a place of fellowship and relationship with God. Listen, I didn't build relationships with my wife in public. It's when we went to, it's when we went to the movies together. And we, and, we, and we went out to dinner together. And we sat in the car and talked. What's your favorite color? What do you like about my eyes? Right? Like, like all that stuff. She's not here. It's cool. Don't worry. She's not here. Right? It's in the secret time, right? God wants to do the same thing with you. Fellowship and relationship and the alone time. Number four. It's in the place where you receive spiritual impartation of gifts. Acts 2.4. You want power? Listen, God is still healing people today. today. Listen, we were at a service. Like, literally, this energized me. On Friday, we went to my mom's house, and we had a little service. And that pastor that was just here, that he went to go preach over there, literally, the way God used him, to tell people things. I mean, maybe you were there, right? Like, the, like things that no one, he's from Puerto Rico, he knows nobody. To say things that, like, that people were hiding or needed to hear. People crying, my family members crying, like that. Like, I was like, man, I want that gift. I want that. I want that. I want to be able to, when I see someone and be like, okay, why are you fighting through suicide? Do you know that God loves you? Hey, I, I know you're having financial problems. Here, here's a hundred bucks. God just told me. I want to hear that. Listen, if you, you're blind, I, I want to heal you. God, like, God, I have, God gave me that, that gift to do it. God loves you so much that he wants to heal you. God wants you probably like, like that. But you want that? There's a price to pay, and the price is time. It takes time. Relationship with God. That was Acts 2-4. You want more power? You want more God's fire in your life? It's done in the secret times. Matthew 6-6 says, but when you go to pray, 
Go into your room, close your doors, pray to your, your father who is in, in secret, and your father in secret will reward you. You want something big to happen in your life? Go in the secret place. If you want an impact in Hartford, Hartford City Church, if you want an impact in Hartford, you have to go to the secret place in prayer and worship. Can we all bow our heads? We close with this. I come to tell you this morning, Hartford City Church, and everyone watching on social media, I don't know what your lion's den is. I don't know what's your battle in your mind. The battle that you're struggling right now in your health, in your family, in your house. That stress that you're feeling right now trying to keep things together. You're just trying to be a great mom. You just want to be a great dad. And you just feel like you keep on failing. Like nothing works. I don't know what your alliance then is. But what I do know, that if you trust God, whatever the enemy meant for evil, he'll turn it into good for his glory. I just want to let you know The king stamped the rock. The king stamped the rock and said that nothing will be changed when Daniel was in the cage, in the, the den. But I just want to let you know that my, our God is stronger and powerful and that no matter what the enemy, what people say about you, no matter none of that stuff, God is still in control of your life and you will not die. You will not die. You will not die in your situation, in your process. You will not die there. God is in control of your process, of your lion's den. He will shut the, the mouths of your enemies. He will shut the mouths of the enemy. He will shut the mouths of the people that, that criticize you, the haters, the, the, all that. He will shut that down, that you're not going to make it, that you're worth nothing, that you, you will never become anything. Like, God will shut the mouths of the enemy. God is in control of your life. If you worship God in the midst of your lion's den, you will see glory. Your lion's den is not just for you, but there's people, there are people that are watching you go through your process and the way you conquer it it's going to bring them closer to Jesus. Listen, the king, the king, at the end, after all that, he worshiped God because he's seen the miracle in Daniel's life. Listen, there are going to be people that are going to worship God because of your situation, because of what you're going through, and the way you worship God will bring salvation to their house. Don't give up. If you're in before the trial, before your line is done, 
pray and worship God. In the middle of your lion's den, worship God. At the end of your trial and your situation, when things are going bad, worship God because God is faithful. He will not leave you or forsake you. The righteous will never be, will never be forsaken or begging for bread. He never returned his, his word void. Father, we just come to you today, this morning. There are people here, God, that are really in the lion's den. They're struggling. They're fighting. I just ask you, God, that this word, God, they leave here energized, ready to worship you and, 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 and praise your name, God. Because that's what you created us to do, to worship you. And we will not die because you are faithful. If you're here this morning and you're in the lion's den and you really need prayer, I would like for you to stand up without even thinking about it. Just walk straight forward. Come on. Don't, don't hesitate. Walk forward. Come on. If that's you, if that's you, this message touched you, talk to you, come forward. If you're struggling through something, listen, God wants to tell you that you're not going to die in the lion's den.